Hello, and welcome to Life After Child Loss, A Parent's Grief. I'm Angela, your host, and today I will share with you my story and the day that my son passed away. Jordarian was 11 years old. He was in fifth grade, the youngest of two boys. He was very energetic, loving. Fun. He loved video games. He loved football. Loved his family and friends. He um, had some behavior issues. He wasn't a perfect child. I wasn't a perfect parent. Still, I loved him regardless. He was what I call my little monster jam. It didn't matter with Jordarian. He, if he got in trouble or Whatever, he'd come and act as if nothing ever happened and tell me that he loved me, give me a kiss and a hug, and go on about his day. And that happened on several occasions. Um, anyway, it was a Sunday evening. They had um, been out playing and uh, with other neighborhood kids around the neighborhood, and... Um, he came home for a moment to get him some water, and he went in the house, came back out, and um, went about the rest of the evening. Later on, he came, when everyone came back to the house, he uh, complained about being dizzy. I thought it was just overexertion, being out playing all day, that he had uh, just was just a little tired and needed to rest. He, um, I gave him his medicine for ADHD and he sat down to, he really didn't have an appetite, which was odd for Jordarian. He ate a few bites and took a bath and he got out the tub and he still was complaining about being dizzy. I just, I told him to go lay down at the time in the house we lived in, he, his room and my room was adjacent to one another and I watched him as he laid there and he began breathing funny. And when I went in there to beside him, he's, he said to me, Mama, too dizzy. Those end up being the last words that my son spoke to me. He never opened his eyes. By then, 911 was called, ambulance was en route. He became non-responsive. Corey, my older son, picked him up and at that time, the contents of his stomach had came out and I knew then, but I didn't want to believe what it was or accept what it was. So we changed his clothes and I, I picked him up and I carried him in the living room. And at this point, I didn't want to overreact. I, or I didn't, I, my mind was racing. You have to understand, my mind was racing. 
I just needed to hear him respond to me. And I kept calling out his name and he never, he never replied. He never moved. So when the ambulance got there, I walked him. I toted him down the steps to the ambulance. And they did what they could do. At that point, they transported him to the hospital. And of course, we were behind him and we got there and I checked him in. Nurse came out and she said for me to follow her to the casting room. I knew again <laughs> what that was about, having some hope, wanting to believe that he was going to be okay. I followed her in. The ER doctor at the time was in there and he said, Miss Snowden, I'm sorry. There was nothing we could do. We called Children's hospital and they told us not to send him. I remember looking at him and I asked him, so are you saying to me that my child is dead? He said, yes ma'am, I'm so sorry. <clears throat> at that moment, of course I wanted to really lose it. And I still couldn't, something in me wouldn't allow me to really just let go like I wanted it, wanted to. I remember kind of falling into a chair. I didn't even know the chair was behind me and I just fell into it. Um, again, at this point, we still didn't know what was going on, what had happened to him cause a sudden death. There was a lady there asking about organ donation. And I, I remember saying yes. And I asked the nurse if I could see him. And she said, let me, let us get him together. Clean him up and you can. At this point, I knew I needed to I had to call his dad and tell him. I, after they got him ready, prepared for me to see him, I went, I remember going in that room and he was just laying there. I can't put into words what that really did to me. I remember touching his face and holding him in that moment. And I believe I was holding him until his dad got there. Once his dad came in and everyone else that wanted to see him had left out. I didn't really let him go. My hands, was holding his hands, and I was just talking to him, 
And so when his dad left out, I was still in there alone, just trying to wrap my mind around the fact that my baby was gone. And I didn't know why. I felt like God had really turned his back on me. I didn't know if he was punishing me for something or what. Because if you're punishing me, take me. Don't don't take my my kids. And I think every parent feels that way. Initially. So I it came to a point where I knew I had to I had to leave out. Which meant I had to leave him there. And uh that was the second hardest thing to do that day. And um, so I left out, finally. And I remember walking down the hallway. And it was almost like I was in a, I don't know if it was like a movie or a trance or something. There was people in the emergency room lobby and... They could see me focused, focusing and see me, but they was blurry to me. I remember walking out the door and there was more people outside. And I remember becoming overwhelmed and even more weak than I was. At that point, um, there was nothing else that could be said or done that would change the outcome of what had happened on Sunday, April 11, 2010. Thank you for listening and tuning in and sharing in my story. April 11, 2010 will forever be ingrained in my heart, mind, and soul. It's a day that I will never forget. It is the day that changed my life forever. The many ups and downs that come with life. We all go through life. I don't wish that type of change or pain on anyone. I thank you for your continued support. Thank you for the love that I have received in doing this and in sharing my story with you. There's some more aspects of that that we will go in for on another episode. I will share with you what it's like to have to having to plan the funeral. I will share with you watching the casket drop. I will share with you the many roads and paths that I took that led me to where I am now. Again, thank you so much for your support. I look forward to your feedback. Um, It means a lot to me. It really does. 
And it means a lot to so many parents across the world to know that someone is able to share their story, uh, who's willing to share their story. I don't grieve as if I don't, I don't have any hope. I do have hope. God has brought me to where I am now. And I am thankful and I am grateful. And whatever I can do for the bereaved community, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here to do. I know that that is part of my purpose. This is part of my purpose. Of course, I could have chosen a different route. I would have chosen a different route. But God is God at all times. And I praise him and I thank him. And I'm so blessed to have people in my life that support me and have walked this journey, chose to walk this journey with me as I continue to grow, as we continue to grow together, as we continue to grow as a community. I hope to bring awareness on so many different subjects and so many different things that we will explore in future episodes. Continue to join in, continue to support, um, continue to leave your feedback. It means more to me than you will ever know. And that is it for this episode. In Christ we find purpose for the pain, strength for the struggle, and faith for the fight. You all be blessed.